Good morning. Today's WGO podcast. We're going to get into the beginning discussions about another book that explores uh, the right side of the equation. Because uh, those of you who listened to my early podcast episodes know that I, I hammered hard on the left. Hammered hard. And that was the raw, the raw feed coming in. That was, uh, you know, that was the distillation of the last several decades of perception, influence, and uh, I've had to eat crow a little bit as I've dug deeper and, and ter- taken a turn to the right, uh, in particular with Dark Money the other day, and now a new, new one, and this is the first of three that I've queued up in my Audible. Um, this one is called Democracy in Chains. It's written by a lady named Nancy McLean. I think I've got her name correct there. Again, you guys can Google this stuff. Don't be lazy. Uh, but it's, it's exploring the roots of the radical right, and it's tracing back to a, an economics professor at the University of Virginia back in 56 when uh, Brown versus Board of Education was, uh, was a fearful thing for certain areas, and, it, and it's unfortunate. You know, the desegregation of schools was a real real uh, threat to vested interest at the time. So we get, uh, you know, we, we, unfortunately the genesis of some of the, the radical right stuff that you see in 2020 dates back to 56. Think about that for a second. 66, 76, 86, 96, 2006, getting on 2026, you're getting close to 60 years of momentum. And I bet, especially those on the right, of which I've been a part of for a bit, don't have a clue of some of these puppet masters, some of these architects, some of this stuff and where it came from. I mean, let's cut the chase. In short, we have to understand in 2020, both on the left and the right, that you have dark money. You have vested interests. It could either be the billionaire class, in the case of dark money book and the right, that seems to be a lot of the wealth, but you also have the billionaires on the left, a little different, haven't really dug in as much of the details, but it exists. And with government, you have generally speaking, okay, so that money has influenced your talking points because they had the resources and the most to, to lose and the most radical enough to put together uh, an action, and they had misfires. They tried to do it through a separate party, you know, a libertarian party or something like that. That wasn't working. So then they go down the road of, you know what, let's create, they they viewed that politicians were just puppets and marionettes anyway, performers, and they were reading off a teleprompter, if you will. So they they obviously, it was, it's a genius plan. It's like, we're going to own the teleprompter and we're going to write what goes on the teleprompter. And we don't really give a damn who's reading it. That became kind of the approach. And when you can hammer certain markets with media with a, you know, unlimited spending because you hide it behind political action committees and all this other stuff. Americans for this and, 
and no liberals for that environmental we care about the environment.com or whatever the making the names up but you hide the money so basically have a blank checkbook to buy airtime ads signs form groups you know tap into groups that are already there and you know extend the hand of friendship next thing you know you have this network that with these narratives and people are whipped into a frenzy and they don't even they don't it doesn't even occur to them that they've been completely manipulated so what I'm getting at you've got the dark money in there on the left and right creating the talking points creating the groups you know like protests are not spontaneous that are often if you get in there they're planned left or right somebody is architecting that somebody can see the big picture somebody is the puppet master and there's never a shortage of fools in any endeavor so you have the dark money creating the talking points creating the things people get hot about creating the distractions creating the protests creating this creating that that is often the case i'm not going to say it's always the case but that is certainly a force to be reckoned with in in our modern dialogue we must be aware of the influence and the gravitational pull of dark money you don't know who's doing it and you don't know why and it's often not for you it's to benefit them and protect their interests now you have the next layer which are vested interests as a generality in general vested interests want to keep their world going so on a far right and a billionaire you might have he doesn't want you to have any of his tax money any of his money because he thinks you're going to turn around and use it to be tyrannical against him in other words you're going to pay he's going to pay taxes to you so that you can tell him he can't have his factory or his pipeline or his shipping company or whatever the case may be can't have his airplane and they're you know what they're right that is real that is something that we are going to have to work out we, we are going to have to figure out a way to have our cake and eat it too because that you could make the case that both of those sides are right and that guy the guy who would feel threatened economically and threatened period he has a point and if you deny him that you are one of the problems and then you get the other side that wants government to do everything and that too is incredibly dangerous because you end up with like my neighbors are from Ukraine Ukraine and I want to do a book project with them because I know he said the other day I told him that I had read the communist manifesto and he scanned me he was trying to see wait a minute did you read that and think that that's a good thing and he very cleverly he's an engineer very smart guy he's traveled through all the Soviet Union when he was working there till the mid 90s I think he came here right after Chernobyl is what they told me um because you never know the truth you never can get to the truth of things and that that communist manifesto sounds good on paper but in reality it doesn't work now it doesn't work for real things that that, that the left needs to own that people absolutely should should resist big government we're not just going to throw everything to the camp left and uh, subject ourselves to the 
gradual and you know just never ending lameness red tape slowness shit doesn't get done you got to fill out a fucking form you got to stand in a fucking line you got to go hang out in a fucking school building somewhere no 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 acknowledgement of the uber wealthy dark money class corrupting politics on the right looking to completely defund government. You got that crowd and the other crowd you've got somebody that pretends like they care about the people and want to expose the right but they just basically want to grab all of it and their little fucking greedy hands on the side so you, you, you're trading one set of evils for the other. Now, I've said before I'm biased towards the the right historically because I do think it's created most of the world that we live in. The entrepreneurs, the big thinkers, the, the guys that figure shit out. I maybe wrongly attribute that more to the right end of the fucking spectrum. Not that they're rightist or they're fascist or they're anything like that. Fuck, a lot of them I don't think had money. Some of them did. Your John D. Rockefellers, you know, your Henry Fords, your Thomas Edisons. All these guys that created these industries that we still feed off of. And there's a million more that you don't know. Those are just the rock stars. There's a million other fucking competent badasses under the hood that you don't know about. But I attribute that more to the right end of the spectrum. They weren't big government types. Debate me on that. Expose where I'm wrong on that. However, uh, that doesn't... Uh, I, I, what I'm saying is, the, right now in 2020... You've got the uber-rich, dark money side trying to defund government because they very legitimately view it as a threat. you got the other side that wants to be aggressively expanding it, and they want you to believe that they're not corrupt. And I don't think we're mature enough here for either one right now. I know we can't have the right. Okay, You can't defund the government, guys, because the economic reality is People need the help. They need, the numbers don't work. And I'm getting into that in my book that I would like for you guys to buy because I do want everybody to be able to talk about what, or, or, or get in the pool with me about figuring out what we need, what humanity needs, and how much is that going to cost? You know, help quantify what are we, what are we looking for in this deal for, hum, what, what's humanity looking for in this deal? Okay, obviously, I think we all want we all want wealth and the freedom that comes with that. We all want a certain level of material comfort because it's just the way we are. And what that translates to is a house with utilities and heat, air conditioning, you know, uh, lights, food, plentiful food, etc., etc. Infrastructure to drive our cars around, money for the cars. There's a certain thing about that that we need. That's why I want the book. We, we have to figure out what we're trying to get out of this deal. So that we can then, I think if we do that, then we'll more clearly be able to see how bad the debate is between this left and this right. This, this, this false choice that we're being presented. On one side, they're uber wealthy. They wouldn't tip you if you worked for them. 
I mean, I don't want to say about all of them, but this, these things are documented with some of these crowd. I mean, they just don't give a fuck, and they don't think that you're their problem, okay? And they don't give a fuck about you, and they want to defund your government to the point where you don't get Social Security and tell you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's one hand. And the other hand is so angry at that crowd, and they're so, you know, foaming to get control of everything under the guise of we care, that they'll firmly entrench, and there'll be enough government posts and jobs and faculty positions and na 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 to keep the minion the bulk of their loud squeaky wheel minions happy and fed and making $150,000 a year with a full 20-year pension something along those lines but us in the middle we get fucked either way you got to you got to believe that in your heart you got to at least even if it's wrong and I want you to challenge me in the comments I want you to challenge me in any way you can get to the podcast please challenge me but I want us to think that both of those choices are absolutely fucking bullshit and absolutely poisonous for we the people. It's not really a choice. You don't have a choice. You have a choice between getting fucked by these guys or getting fucked by these guys. Either way, your numbers are not going to work. And you'll be like, wow, you just got to work harder. I got to sharpen my kids to make them even more hyper-aggressive and so that they can go to... Harvard, or, and, and, and they, can get a, they can get a good job. You know, you care about your, if you really boil it down, your hyper-competitive kid parenting shit that you guys do, your fucking 48 activities, you're driving your fucking kids nuts. That's why they fucking act weird as adults. Got no social skills, no empathy, because you've trained them basically to be self-centered and selfish is what you've done. To care about money, even though you'll be the first to come out there, I don't really care about money, I care about the environment. No, motherfucker. No, you don't. What do you think all this good school shit is? All I want with the butts bats for my kids. Yeah, you want what's best for them in the economic game. A.K.A. you want them to have their bank accounts as fat as humanly possible. With the best, quote, jobs. With some prestige. All this hyper-aggressive shit all the time. It's annoying. And yeah, that cream would, would get the job in a, in a, as we're looking today in 2020, in a left-dominated world, those hyper-aggressive ones would be rewarded because they are, are coming up in a gauntlet that if they get the A's and they get the little check boxes and get the little gold star, they get the little gold job. That's how it would work. And it would get plugged into a vast algorithm like, for example, healthcare. It's not about like somebody free thinking. No, we're not in that phase right now, it doesn't seem, for the, for the most part. I know there's exceptions. We're, right now, we're in an algorithm. You're a doctor, you, you train all those years, you go into debt, and then you follow the fucking protocol. And the protocol, like, like government, ideally, is at the cutting edge. But from my experience in healthcare, it doesn't seem to usually be the cutting edge. It seems to be kind of lazy, it's, kind of, it's better than what we used to have. It's, it's better than cutting people's legs off back in the day. But don't act like it's done. Because it's not done. And if you're not ever vigilant about the entrenched bureaucracy and self-servedness and bullshit that comes creeping in, then you'll end up with some half-ass shit that inevitably gets so expensive you can't afford it. It'll break you. That's the problem. That's the little nuanced problem I've got with the left. The right is nuts. 
They really are. The more I look, the more I look, I don't really get out, get down with any of it, other than it's kind of fun to be like nanny nanny boo boo to people, and you know, it's kind of fun to, you know, have some type of bulkhead against the inevitable uh, encroachment of government. And so that's another thing. This title, of this new book, "Democracy and Chains." So right out of the box, there she gets into. It's got James Buchanan. It's not Pat Buchanan. I don't think there's any relation. I don't know if there's a relation or not, but James Buchanan, who's a young, 30-something, 30-something uh, economics professor, head of the economics department at the University of Virginia in 1956. And they're being tasked to kind of figure some stuff out. Now, she hasn't gotten into the details of what that becomes, but it's laying these long-term strategic plans out for what has become the radical right now. Okay, sorry, I had to push pause for a second. So, this guy lays out in 56 a plan, or, or starts to lay the foundation, this book, Democracy and Chains, gonna get into it more, Democracy and Chains. Uh, they, and they're, fundamentally, they're fearful that democratic processes, the rule of majority, inevitably leads to big government, which is a threat, they think, to capitalism. And see, the problem I have, I have for just, just knee-jerk reaction is, I already know that part of that is most definitely true. If you just say, everybody vote, it's just internet, everybody vote, you would get la-la land from a lot, of the, a lot of the American people. Because they don't know. They, they, and they could easily be led astray with some bullshit. Okay, they just don't know. And I'm not trying to be ugly here. I just, I know... That most folks I know don't know have a clue about economic history. They don't ever read it. They just sit in front of their fucking computer or the TV and they watch the same old fucking canned shit coming their way and never question that it may be bought and paid for or scripted by somebody with a vested interest. They don't step out of the box and listen to three, four books a month and go out of their way to hear their friends that they think they disagree with or what they're trying to say. Most people don't do that. Don't know why, by the way. If you adopt anything from this podcast, please do this mostly. It's probably the main thing I would like my kids to do. Be a true lifelong learner. If you have this perpetual new day mentality, every day is a new day. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter what you fucked up. It doesn't matter what opportunity you squandered. It doesn't fucking matter if you can see it and reflect on it and move forward and get today, get busy learning. And, be, and don't be a tyrant with yourself. Understand that you can't know it all. It's, a lot of it's not even knowable to begin with in an astronomical sense. But at the human scale, it's never too late. And a lot of what gets said, you know, a lot of the gauntlet and gatekeepers out there are full of shit. They should be challenged. 
You could be an engineer if you don't have an engineering degree. Don't let the fucking world tell you you can't. Some of the world's greatest engineers and pioneers and people that had breakthroughs, that saw doing things this way versus that way, didn't come from formal training. I'm of the mindset, even in my thing with medical, that the only medical problem I've ever had in my life is all 100 fucking percent stress. Hence my dog in the fight for this economic battle I'm trying to wage. I need your support on. Again, please support it on Patreon. Please buy my books. I'm asking you. I mean, I'm being putting it right out there because I'd like to do this full time. I can't do it full time without your help. So getting back to it, democracy and chains. And the fundamental thing is that democracy can be a threat to capitalism. See, I think we can have that as a laid out thing that people ponder and people think about without it having to choose a side. I think we can understand that dark money and vested interests, be it in the form of big government or bureaucracy or uber-rich billionaires, can craft policies, talking points, and political action groups to preserve their status quo, to keep their party going, and to keep you away from being a threat to them. That's real. That's very real. I think we can also lay in the mix the fact that bare-naked democracy, meaning everyone logs into a computer at whatever age we say, fuck it, let's not even have an age. Let's let my five-year-old vote. So their parents can tell them what to vote, and they'll just push the button. <laughs> oh, no, obviously you wouldn't want to do that. Well, bare-naked democracy is no different either. If you have people that are basically, no matter their numerical age, but mentally or perspective-wise, are basically babies, you're going to let them vote and dictate the terms of what direction goes and accumulate the vast wealth? See, if you don't keep... If you don't keep boundaries on government, it inevitably takes everything. That's just what happens. If you, if you have, let's say you have bare naked democracy, and they're so angry in 2020 at the billionaires because of the dark money, that they immediately day one, when they sweep in the next election, because this thing tends to go back and forth, and the left may gain the upper hand this next time, you don't know. But let's say they gain the upper hand, and they immediately say, you know what, we're going to do something about this. We think that capitalism has a fundamental flaw and that it has, allows vast wealth inequality, inequality and we're going to enact an estate tax or some type of tax that will confiscate when these people die the bulk of their wealth. So all of a sudden you transfer from one group of uber-rich and now you've got a new group of uber-rich. Except this group of uber-rich doesn't see... Uh, history and doesn't have the same perspectives as the old, they actually, in many cases, have a very radical new way of seeing things. And they're just as angry and, and venom-filled as the right. They're just as, just as bad. In many cases, just as bad. Again, challenge me on that. Beat me up on that a little bit if you want. But I think in your heart of hearts, you know there's truth there. And that's the real skepticism and concern is va very valid. So democracy and chains 
and dark money are both two very real things to consider. Capitalism should feel threatened by big government because mathematically that's what happens. It's just what happens. If you enact and don't have breaks on big government, it will enact a policy that takes everything for itself under the guise of doing good. And they'll allocate. They'll have to allocate at some point. They'll allocate up to the point where they realize they can, don't have to do it anymore. And I, again, I need your support on this because I'm trying to form us a new movement, a new informal network based around humanomics, which is we're laying out clearly as a species what we want out of this deal. So if any of these groups gets the upper hand, we at least are able to talk out or lay out or, or illustrate clearly what it is we all want. And, you know, it's the American middle class lifestyle and all of its baked in liberties and functionality and utility and freedom. That's what we all need and want as a baseline. And we want and need that for a couple reasons. Number one, elevate human happiness to unprecedented levels or the opportunities to choose happiness to unprecedented levels because you know part of me definitely believes that happiness is at the end of the day a choice you choose to be happy or you choose to be fucking miserable maybe a little oversimplification but it's in the ballpark don't be a fuck face number two if humans have all the material needs and are wealthy, which is in effect what the American middle class lifestyle does, it makes everyone, it makes humanity all wealthy. All have peace and security. All have a quiet dwelling. All have quiet private transports. And we, we, and we know we want to do that without destroying the environment. And we have to think through the natural resources and energies so we can, quote-unquote, really fund it. The economic funding is the natural resources, the organization and algorithms, the industrial processes, and the energy that fuels it all. That's the real underpinnings. We're just distracted with the cost factor because we're so caught up in that momentum of, of, of that, the, the, the mentality of scarcity, that at a human scale doesn't exist. That's the point I'm trying to make with humanomics. Scarcity is a is is false at the human scale. Or put more more uh, succinctly, scarcity only applies in certain specific things that should be identified with the newly created human bandwidth as the things we focus on. I.e., if the real hurdle to wide-scale battery-powered electric vehicles is that there's not enough lithium, for example, or some specific resource. Then we double down with our new newly found bandwidth. We double down how to fix that particular segment. But wood? Are you kidding me? We haven't even started true wood farms. We have tree farms. We haven't started the real ones, the ones that are engineered to provide lumber, assuming we want to do balloon build, you know, balloon framing for, for as our wave one. Balloon, fl fam balloon framed 
on poured concrete basements, 2,000 square foot American middle class homes for everyone, for all of humanity. And you can easily quantify what that lumber requirement would be and throw a little extra fudge factor in there, you know, 10% fudge. And you then you go out and create the mega, mega farm somewhere and you build the rail link to it, the railhead to it. And every year that place is churning out humanity's lumber requirement. That kind of shit. Oh, you can't do that. The fuck you can't. The fuck you can't. You could genetically blend a pine tree and a fucking bamboo or something. I mean, I'm just thinking about trying to get the characteristics of things that grow quickly and that have the characteristics in terms of uh, flexibility or dur dur uh, you know, dur being durable, whatever the, the physical properties we want. And you could say, okay, this is the genetic design. And to not have a huge footprint, we need to try to do this in X spot or an X silo or... Maybe we even just, you know, do it kind of like the 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 fact the, the factory meat that we're trying to do now. The the scientific uh, what the fuck we're we talking about uh, that, that uh, fake meat stuff that we're trying to do the synthetic proteins. Maybe you have the synthetic wood fibers. You know, there, there's something exotic that we're not doing that could be done that could easily provide the world's lumber supply. And you might say, oh, Jerry, there's a real hurdle. We can't do the cement. There's a real problem with sand. There's not enough sand. Well. You know, we've been using the same cement formula fucking for, you know, since the Roman times, I think. But maybe we need to revisit that. Maybe that's where some polymer research goes. Maybe that's where the plastics go. They seem never to break the fuck down. Why are our foundations not made out of plastic, for example? See, I don't think we're pushing hard enough because we, the people, don't ever stop. We can't. We've been too busy. But now, no excuse now. We don't stop to think about what do we need? What does humanity need out of this deal so that we can make that happen? And we create the competition to force every, all the vested interests to, to come along for the ride. And I don't give a fuck. The, fest, the vested interest can take a stake and make another billion dollars off of the new way we're going to do things. That's fine with me. Don't make it about hating rich people. That's stupid. But... That's just an endless cycle of retribution and revenge and all the stuff that's nasty and involves machine guns or death and negative forces, anger, lunacy, looking at people's fucking fangs coming out. Fuck that. Let's be cool about it, man. Let's be fucking hippy-dippy about it. Let's do bong rips and grow the fucking wood and use and develop the, the foundations and let's build the houses now because we need something to fucking do instead of... We're bored. We're a bunch of bored monkeys sitting in there doing our PowerPoint slides in some fucking office somewhere that no one gives a fuck about. But you pretend like you do because you're so fucking scared about your job all day. And you should be because the consequences are severe. Severe economic consequences if you don't play patty cake with the status quo. But fuck this bullshit. We've come so far... And yeah, there's things to be proud of. There's things to go rah, rah, rah about. But there's a lot of shit that absolutely fucking sucks. It's lame. It's pathetic. It's slow. It's mired in self-serving bureaucracies, either on the uber-rich or 
the lame-ass fucking big government lazy fuckers in, in, on the left. That shit sucks just as bad. In fact, you could even make an argument that if given a choice, you should go with the TMR. If, it, if that's going to be the choice and we're not going to force a new reality up right up through the fucking middle like a football, you're going to give it to the fullback of humanity and take it right up through the fucking middle. If we're not going to do that and we're given a choice between uber-rich, oligarch, super-fucking-dark-money running everything and just hope for the best, bootstrap people, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, or left, which enacts policies that inevitably takes all of society's wealth for themselves and with combined with information technology easily eliminates any opposition. If those are the two choices, I'll go with Team R because it's more fluid. It has the opportunity to have to be disrupted as little glimmers of hope where the other side seems to be to be more open and closed, much more difficult to, to get rid of. I guess they're both the same though, really you're going to end up with a small group of people and their eager minions because they can afford to be bought and paid. So they're, they're the same. Let me, not, let me not pick a side. Fuck that. They're the fucking same. You'll have power coalesced combined with information technology and all of our science, all of our stuff. That group, that group doesn't choose a degree. They don't choose a specialization. They have their arms around it all. They stay on the event horizon. You should too. I'm hoping to use this platform to create event easier to follow event horizons. Not only for myself and my kids and my family, but for you. But I do I do need some support, folks. And this ain't this ain't some televangelism bullshit either. I'm not, I'm not asking you to help me so that I can build some disgustingly fat, massive piece of fucking real estate somewhere and look like a goddamn idiot. No, 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 no. I'm going to just pay my bills like you and, do, and spend all my bandwidth. If you help me create the bandwidth to do nothing but this, I promise you, I will let you kick me until it's done. You can fucking harass the dick and the shit out of me. Fucking fuck with me until I say, until I do what I say we're going to do. If nothing else, Lay it out on paper for us. And then everybody can take it from there. You could build the firms. And here's another thing. If we have gigafactories, just to steal an Elon Musk term, and I know he's a controversial figure, I get it. I, my friend Adam T. really laid that out the other day. We're going to get into that, by the way. He's got very strong negative views about uh, Elon, but it's more because he, he he's disgusted with how he's put up as this poster child of Everything's great, and he does, and he's, uh, and it's. There's a lot more to the story. But let's steal this phrase, Giga. Well, guess what, you bootstrap people. If you have the world's, pick any commodity, in this case lumber. Let's stick with the lumber theme for houses. You're gonna spin up a Giga factory that uses state-of-the-art technology on genetic engineering front for the wood fiber to whatever process is necessary to end up with the board lengths and sizes that we that we desire to, to us, assuming we want to continue with the balloon frame because it's very effective and easy to do and easy to tear down and redo over time. Well, if you do that, well, guess what? That, that type of place would only need a couple hundred people. 
and out of a population that's projected to go to about 10 billion. All y'all motherfuckers ain't going to get that job. I don't know why that's so hard for you bootstrap people to get your arms around. You really think it's just going to work out for everybody if they just work hard? Are you fucking kidding me right now? I'm in the job market, folks. It's going to be very, very difficult to get just the same salaries that I was getting before, and they weren't enough. I may very likely have to work my next job for half of what I was making at my last employer. I can't believe how many of you guys are so dumb on that. and so You can't see what's very clear right before your eyes. Half you motherfuckers, if you lose your job, you ain't ever getting back in. Not like you've been. You're not needed. And you're not needed not because you're flawed. You're not needed because the system has moved beyond needing your fucking futile little contribution. We need you to wait the table. Make the fucking latte ring up the cash register, stock the shelf, deliver the package, or do all the busy work like take the blood. We, we don't need that many people doing all the other stuff. We just don't. Once you figure out the, the good giga, yeah, I want to encourage everybody to rethink the gigas indefinitely. But you're still going to have this convergence to A small a small amount of people can do all the stuff that you need. That's what's gonna happen. It's already happening. Most when I say most, fifty percent of the work people are still engaged in, even post COVID, is bullshit. Most teacher jobs are bullshit. I'm just throwing an example out. Hate to keep picking on the education industry, but you're you're a poster child for what's wrong with big government and how you, and, and and using that the guise of I care about the kids as an excuse to create this massive self-serving bureaucracy and jobs program. You can't see it, but you could do the same level of educational services. In other words, same physical plant with half the staff. Now, it wouldn't be what you're doing now. You might have larger math classes or uh, shorter, more like a teacher might do eight small ones, or two teachers might do a larger class. It, it would be different. But you could lop 50% of the labor out of the equation immediately. But, but Jerry, studies have shown that lower teacher-to-student ratios are the, are the magic wand. No, they don't matter. Maybe it's certain schools, certain situations, certain demographics. You could find that data if you want, make that talking point real for you. But the reality is, and I think we're going to see it this year because of the COVID un- unintended con- consequences, a good chunk, let's be conservative, 20% of the nation's people and their kids can self-educate and homeschool. So there's, there's, there's 20% of it right there. There's half of it right there.
So don't pretend like there's all this opportunity that you, that, that you your psyche seems to need. Don't believe the bullshit, guys. You're not you're not needed. At least not full employment needed. Which means there's gonna be a lot of losers. So the bootstrap model doesn't fucking work. Cut the shit. It's it's destructive. And increasingly the the bootstrap, pull yourself up here, your bootstraps, it's all your fault, people. That's those are talking points by dark money. It's not even real. And it's marketed so slick. And so pervasively that you can't see that you've been indoctrinated in that. And, and you can't see what's, what's real right before your very eyes that, that, that you know is true. You can't run your house on your salary. You need your wife's salary too. And you're not really ready for retirement. You just think you are. You, you really think if there's no Social Security that you have sufficient retirement savings? Even you super frugal people, do you think it fund your retirement for... Let's say you retire at 65 and you're going to live to be 85 for 20, 30 years. You think you could do that? Really? I bet one, less than 1% could do that. Without Social Security and medical, med Medicaid coming in, you'd bleed out your health insurance and you'd be broke. You'd be destitute. You'd have no safety net. Do you really think that, that that's a good plan? And yes, I'm with you. To just give it all to the government and think the government's going to take care of everything is fucking stupid. And, and, and will invite tyranny on a huge scale over time. If tyranny in the form of being annoying. So, I'm going to wrap this up. Democracy in Chains. I hate to oversimplify with the title, but Democracy is being held in chains because the right views democracy as a threat to capitalism, and it should. That's a real thing to think through, and to ponder. Got to have that one on the bar, on the on the Barbie, on the on the on the grill. You got also got to have dark money on the grill. Doesn't have to have a right or left flavor, a blue or a red color. To to make it true, it's it is true. And it affects us all more than we think, especially in 2020. Which, oh, by the way, I'm no huge fan of Donald Trump, but it didn't escape my attention in the Jane Moyer book, Dark Money, that he didn't take Koch brothers' money. He did, he laughed at people who were having to do that. So he could have been. I say could have been. I don't know that he's going to make it another term. And I don't know that he's got the right makeup because of what I've read about him as a person. I don't think he's the guy. Maybe. I want him to, I, you know, I'd like to be wrong. But uh, he, he could have been the one that said, fuck all that stuff, on the left and right, and, and, and blazed through. It's so weird to me that, that, that the, uh, for a lot of different reasons, which I haven't even really gotten into. I don't want to spend too much energy and time on that right now. But he's... Even if he came out tomorrow and said, you know what, guys, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I've just been like you guys. Everything's kind of made me a little crazy over the years. And I've got I've gone a little too far. And, uh, you know, I'm jacked up on this, that, and the other. Because there's reason to believe he's jacked up on some type of speed or something. Uh, 
you know, it's a simplistic way of saying it, but if you're high on Sudafed all the time, you're, you're jacked up on speed. <laughs> Whatever he's taking, I mean, well, there's reason to believe that's actually not uh, too far off the mark. But if he came out tomorrow and said, you know, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I had, a, I had an epiphany last night, and I, sleep, I woke up at 4 in the morning, and, I, you know, I was thinking, I was like, hey, you know, let, let's fix this. Let's roll our sleeves up and fix it. I'm sorry. And he started kind of talking about what the state of humanity is right now and erring on the side of caution with the environment and owning the fact that the numbers don't work and the trends don't look good for people, you know, families. If nothing else, you know, you kind of think about an UBI or something like that short term. Maybe the bridge is over like Yang was trying to get to. I think that's not enough and I think that's a little bit, you know, I backed off a little bit of that that thinking that that would su suffice i kind of want a, i want obviously a much more comprehensive approach to economics right now that takes on that provides competition in the marketplace like the, like the gigafarm would for example but if, if trump came out and did that tomorrow like did it today friday today's a big pivotal day in government today's the day they're gonna figure out if they're gonna do stimulus and stuff and help us out a little bit which we all need even if you got a job, you still need it. Clean up some debts. Guarantee you got some bullshit somewhere, some skeletons somewhere. For being honest. So if he came out today and said, hey folks, I'm sorry. I'm talking to the world now. He, said, he grabbed the mic and says, talking to the world, not just my country, America. I'm talking to the world. I think we got a point in history with our science and technology that we can, let's, let's, let's figure this out. Let's figure out what we need to do next. You know? I think people are out there struggling a lot more than I've had to struggle because I've been a billionaire or whatever. Who cares if he's real money or not? Somebody tries to distract me with that all the time. It doesn't matter. Clearly he's been able to live a different lifestyle than I have. He had fucking airplanes and condos and, you know, even if he's broke, he's able to live a certain lifestyle way beyond what I did. Not that I'd want any of that crap, by the way. It seems ridiculous, but, you know. If you came out and said, "Hey, let's let's, let's we're gonna, we're going to do we're going to do it differently," think about how many of you people wouldn't wouldn't would reject it just because it's Donald Trump. You wouldn't you wouldn't let him be that guy, and he he actually could be that guy. He is that he's that fucking weird, and he didn't he wasn't beholden to that dark money crowd at first. I don't know what he is now. No idea. He might be taking any help he can get because. That's the, the hyper-aggression of the left. They can't see that they start looking like a damn revolution that must be dealt with harshly some days. That's, unfortunately, that's what you, you... If that's the choice you give people, you know, that's what they're going to take. You know, I, I don't want radical leftists just taking over everything in the middle of the night. You shouldn't want that either. Who knows what that's going to be. You know? So, you know, think about that. Like, where are you at as a person? That if somebody does try to step up, doesn't matter if it's him. I, I know he's not the best person to even bring his name up right now. I, I realize all that. But think about what does that say about you, though? If he wanted to change and he wanted to actually start getting into it, how much of that could you really handle? How much of it could you handle? How many books have you read today? Please support this effort. I'm out of here, y'all. I love you. 
But goddamn, we, we can do a lot better than this. I, I, I just don't know why we keep our heads in our asses so much. Peace out.